0: CHAPTER Six OF THE ROOTS OF THE MOUNTAINS BY WILLIAM MORRIS THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN OF FACE OF GOD AND THOSE MOUNTAIN DWELLERS A yard or two from the threshold, Goldmaine hung back a moment, entangled in some such misgiving as a man is wont to feel when he is just about to do some new deed, but is not yet deep into the story. His new friends noted that, for they smiled each in their own way, and the woman drew her hand away from his. Face of God held out his, still as though to take hers again, and therewithal he changed countenance, and said, as though he had stayed, but to ask that question, Tell me thy name, tall man, and thou, fair woman, tell me thine, for how can we talk together else? The man laughed outright, and said, The young chieftain thinks that this house also should be his. Nay, young man, I know what is in thy thought, be not ashamed that thou art weary, and be assured, we shall hurt thee no more than thou hast been hurt. Now as to my name, the name that was born with me is gone, the name that was given me hath been taken from me. Now I belike must give myself a name, and that shall be wild wearer. But it may be that thou thyself shall one day give me another, and call me guest. His sister gazed at him solemnly as he spoke, and face of God, beholding her the while, deemed that her beauty grew and grew, till she seemed as awful as a goddess, and into his mind it came, that this overstrong man, and over-lovely woman, were nought mortal, and they withal dealing with him, as father and mother, deal with a wayward child. Then for a moment his heart failed him, and he longed for the peace of Burgdale and even the lonely wood, but therewith she turned to him, and let her hand come into his again, and looked kindly on him, and said, AND AS FOR ME, CALL ME THE FRIEND, THE NAME IS GOOD AND WILL SERVE FOR MANY THINGS. HE LOOKED DOWN FROM HER FACE, AND HIS EYES LIGHTED ON HER HAND, AND WHEN HE NOTED, EVEN AMID THE EVENING DUSK, HOW FAIR AND LOVELY IT WAS FASHIONED, AND YET AS THOUGH IT WERE DEFT IN THE CRAFTS THAT THE DAUGHTERS OF MENFOLK USE, HIS FEAR DEPARTED, AND THE PLEASURE OF HIS LONGING FILLED HIS HEART, AND HE DREW HER HAND TO HIM TO KISS IT, BUT SHE HELD BACK. Then he said, It is the custom of the dale to all women. So she let him kiss her hand, heeding the kiss nothing, and said soberly, Then art thou of Burgdale, and if it were lawful to guess, I would say that thy name is face of God, of the house of the face. Even so it is, said he, but in the dale those that love me do mostly call me gold It is well-named, she said, and seldom wilt thou be called otherwise, for thou wilt be well beloved, but come in now, gold-mane, for night is at hand, and here have we meat and lodging, such as an hungry and weary man might take, though we be broken people, dwellers in the waste. Therewith she led him gently over the threshold into the hall, and it seemed to him as if she were the fairest and the noblest of all the queens of ancient story. When he was in the house he looked and saw that, rough as it was, without, it lacked not fairness within. The floor was of hard-trodden earth strewn with pine twigs, and with here and there brown bear-skins laid on it. There was a standing table near the upper end athwart the hall, and a dais beyond that, but no endlong table. Goldmaine looked to the shut-beds, and saw that they were large and fair, though there were but a few of them and at the lower end was a loft for a sleeping-chamber, dight very fairly with broidered cloths. The hangings on the walls, though they left some places bare which were hung with fresh boughs, were fairer than any he had ever seen, so that he deemed that they must come from far countries and the city of cities. Therein were images wrought of warriors and fair women of old time, and their dealings with the gods and the giants and wondrous wights and he deemed that this was the story of some great kindred, and that their token and sign of their banner must needs be the wood-wolf, for everywhere was it wrought in these pictured webs. Perforce he looked long and earnestly at these fair things, for the hall was not dark yet, because the brands on the hearth were flaming their last, and when Wildwearer beheld him so gazing, he stood up and looked too for a moment, and then smote his right hand on the hilt of his sword, and turned away, and strode up and down the hall, as one in angry thought. But the woman, even the friend, bestirred herself for the service of the guest, and brought water for his hands and feet, and when she had washed him, bore him the wine of welcome, and drank to him, and bade him drink. And he all the while was shamefaced, for it was to him, as if one of the ladies of the heavenly burg were doing him service. Then she went away by a door at the lower end of the hall, and Wildwearer came and sat down by Goldmain, and fell a-talking with him about the ways of the dalesmen and their garths, and the pastures and growths thereof, and what temper the carls themselves were of, which were good men, which were ill, which was loved, and which scorned, no otherwise than if he had been the good man of some neighbouring dale. And Goldmain told him whatso he knew, for he saw no harm therein, after a while, the outer door opened, and there came in a woman of some five-and-twenty winters, trimly and strongly built, short-skirted she was, and clad as a hunter, with a bow in her hand and a quiver at her back. She unslung a pouch which she emptied at Wildwearer's feet, of a leash of hares, and two brace of mountain-grouse. A face of God she took but little heed. Said Wildwearer, This is good for to-morrow, "'not for to-day. "'The meat is well-nigh on the board.' "'Then Goldmain smiled, "'for he called to his mind "'his home-coming of yesterday. "'But the woman said, "'The fault is not mine. "'She told me of the coming guest "'but three hours agone. Ay," "'Aye,' said Wildwearer. "'She looked for a guest then.' "'Yea, certs,' said the woman. "Else why I went i this afternoon, "'as wearied as I was with yesterday.' "'Well, well,' said Wildwearer. Get to thy due work a go play, I meddle not with meat, and for thee all jests are as bitter earnest. And with thee, chief, she said, it is no otherwise. Surely I am made on thy model. Thy tongue is longer, friend, said he. Now tarry if thou wilt, and if the supper's service craveth thee not. She turned away with one keen look at face of God, and departed through the door at the lower end of the hall. By this time the hall was dusk, for there were no candles there, and the hearth-fire was but smouldering. Wildwearer sat silent and musing now, and face of God spake not, for he was deep in wild and happy dreams. At last the lower door opened, and the fair woman came into the hall, with a torch in either hand, after whom came the huntress, now clad in a dark blue kirtle, and an old woman, yet straight and hale and these twain bore in the victuals and the table-gear. Then the three fell to dighting the board, and when it was all ready, and gold and wild-wearer were set down to it, and with them the fair woman and the huntress, the old woman threw good store of fresh brands on the hearth, so that the light shone into every corner. And even therewith the outer door opened, and four more men entered, whereof one was old but big and stalwart, the other three young. They were all clad roughly, in sheep-brown weed, but had helms upon their heads and spears in their hands, and great swords girt to their sides, and they seemed doughty men and ready for battle. One of the young men cast down by the door the carcass of a big horned mountain sheep, and then they all trooped off to the out by the lower door, and came back presently, fairly clad and without their weapons. Wildwearer nodded to them kindly, and they sat at table, paying no more heed to face of God than to cast him a nod for salutation. Then said the old woman to them, "Well, lads, have you been doing or sleeping?" "Sleeping," mother said. One of the young men, "As was but due after last night was, and tomorrow shall be," said the huntress. "Hold oh, thy peace, woodwise, and let thy tongue help thy teeth to deal with thy meat, for this is not the talking hour." "'Nay, may said another of the swains, "'since here is a new man, now is the time to talk to him,' said the huntress. "'Tis thine hands that talk best, would want. "'It is not they that shall bring thee to shame?' "'Speak the third. "'What have we to do with shame here, "'far away from dooms and doomers and elders and wardens and guarded castles? "'If the new man listeth to speak, let him speak, "'or to fight, then let him. "'It shall ever be man to man.' Then spake the old woman, "'Son, wood-wicked, hold thy peace and forget the steel "'that ever eggeth thee on to draw.' Therewith she set the last matters on the board, while the three swains sat and eyed gold somewhat fiercely, now that words had stirred them, and he had sat there saying nothing, as one who was better than they, and contemned them. But now spake Wild-wearer, "'Whoso hungreth, let him eat.' Whoso would slumber, let him to bed, but he would bicker, it must needs be with me. Here is a man of the dale, who hath sought the wood in peace, and hath found us. His hand is ready, and his heart is guileless. If ye fear him, run away to the wood, and come back when he's gone. But none shall mock him while I sit by. Now, lads, be merry and blithe with the guest. Then the young men greeted Goldmaine, and the old man said, Art thou of Burgstead?" then wilt thou be of the house of the face, and thy name will be face of God, for that man is called the fairest of the dale, and there shall be none fairer than thou. Face of God laughed, and said, There be but few mirrors in Burgdale, and I have no mind to journey west of the cities to see what manner of man I be. That were ill husbandry. But now I have heard the names of the three swains. Tell me thy name, father. Spake the huntress. "'This is my father's brother, and his name is Woodfather, "'or ye shall call him so, and I am called Bow may "'because I shoot well in the bow, "'and this old Carline is my eam's wife, "'and now be like me mother, if I need one. "'But thou, fair-faced dalesman, "'little dost thou need a mirror in the dale, "'so long as women abide there, "'for their faces shall be instead of mirrors "'to tell thee whether thou be fair and lovely.' "'Thereat they all laughed, and fell to their victual.' which was abundant, of wood-venison and mountain-fowl, but of bread was no great plenty. Wine lacked not, and that of the best, and Goldmaine noted that the cups and the apparel of the horns and mazes were not of gold nor gilded copper, but of silver, and he marvelled thereat, for in the dale silver was rare. So they ate and drank, and Goldmaine looked over on the friend, and spake much with her, and he deemed her friendly indeed, and she seemed most pleased when he spoke best, and led him on to do so. Wildwearer was but of few words, and those somewhat harsh, yet was he as a man striving to be courteous and blithe. But of the others, may was the greatest speaker. Wildwearer called healths to the sun and the moon, and the hosts of heaven, to the gods of the earth, to the wood and to the guest. Other healths also he called, the meaning of which was dark to gold mane, to wit, the jaws of the wolf, the silver arm, the red hand, the golden bushel, and the ragged sword. But when he asked the friend concerning these names what they might signify, she shook her head and answered not. At last Wildwearer cried out, Now, lads, the knight weareth and the guest is weary. Therefore, whoso of you hath in him any minstrelsy, now let him make it, for later on it shall be over late. Then arose Woodwant, and went to his shut-bed, and groped therein, and took out from it a fiddle in its case. And he opened the case, and drew from it a very goodly fiddle, and he stood on the floor amidst of the hall, and may his cousin, with him, and he laid his bow on the fiddle, and woke up song in it. And when it was well awake, she fell a-singing, and he to answering her song and at the last all they of the house sang together, and this is the meaning of the words which they sang. Now is the rain upon the day, and every water's wide. Why busk ye then to wear the way, and whither will ye ride? Ah, Kine are on the hyat still, the eddies lap them round. All dykes the wind-worn waters fill, and waineth grass and ground. O ride ye to the river's brim, in war weed fair to see, O into waters will ye swim, In hauberks to the knee. Wild is the day, And dim with rain Our sheep are warded ill. The wood-wolves gather for the plain, Their ravening moors to fill. Nay, what is this, And what have ye, A hunter's band to bear, The banner of our battle-glee, The skulking wolves to scare? O women, When we wend our ways To deal with death and dread, The banner of our father's days Must flap the wind o'erhead. Ah, for the maidens that ye leave, Who now shall save the hay, What grooms shall kiss our lips at eve, When June hath mastered may. The wheat is won, the seed is sown, Here toileth many a maid, And here the hay knee-deep hath grown, Your grooms the grass shall wade. Then fair befall the mountain-side, Whereon the place shall be, And fair befall the summer-tide, That whoso lives shall see face of God thought the song goodly, but to the others it was well known. Then said Woodfather, O oh, foster-son, thy foster-brother has sung well for a wood-abider, but we are deeming that his singing shall be but as a starling to a throttle matched against thy new-come guest. Therefore, Dalesman, sing as a song of the dale, and if you will, let it be of gardens and pleasant houses of stone, and fair damsels therein, and swains with them, who toil not overmuch for a scant livelihood, as do they of the waste, whose heads may not be seen in the holy places. Said Goldmain, Father, it is ill to set the words of a lonely man, afar from his kin, against the song that cometh from the heart of a noble house. Yet may I not gainsay thee, but will sing to thee what I may call to mind, and it is called the Song of the Ford. Therewith he sang in a sweet and clear voice, and this is the meaning of his words. In hay tide, through the day new-born, Across the meads we come, Our hauberks brush the blossomed corn, A furlong short of home. Ere yet the gables we behold, Forth flasheth the red sun, And smites our fallow helms and cold, Though all the fight be done. In this last mead of mowing grass, Sweet doth the clover smell, Crushed neath our feet red with the pass, where hell was blent with hell. And now the willowy stream is nigh, down when we to the ford. No shafts across its fishes fly, nor flash us there a sword. But lo, what gleameth on the bank across the water wan, as when our blood the mouse ear drank, and red the river ran? Nay, hasten to the ripple clear, look at the grass beyond. Lo, ye of the dainty band and deer, of maidens fair and fond, Lo, how they needs must take the stream, the water hides their feet. On fair kind arms the gold doth gleam, and midst the ford we meet. Up through the garden, two and two, and on the flowers we drip. Their wet feet kiss the morning dew, as lip lies close to lip. Here now we sing, here now we stay, by these grey walls we tell. The love that lived from out the fray, the love that fought and fell. When he was done, they all said that he had sung well, and that the song was sweet. Yet did wild Wearer smile somewhat, and may said outright, Soft is the song, and hath been made by lads and minstrels, rather than by warriors. Nay, kinswoman, said Woodfather, thou art hard to please. The guest is kind, and hath given us what I asked for, and I give him all thanks therefore. Face of God smiled, but he heeded little what they said, For as he sang, he had noted that the friend looked kindly on him, and he thought he saw that once or twice she put out her hand as if to touch him, but drew it back again each time. She spake after a little, and said, Here now hath been a stream of song running betwixt the mountain and the dale, even as doth a river, and this is good to come between our dreams of what hath been and what shall be. Then she turned to Goldmaine, and said to him, scarce loud enough for all to hear, Herewith I bid thee good night, O dalesman, and this other word I have to thee. Heed not what befalleth in the night, but sleep thy best, for naught shall be to thy scathe. And when thou wakest in the morning, if we are yet here, it is well, as if we are not, then abide us no long while, but break thy fast on the victual thou wilt find upon the board, and so depart and go thy ways home and yet thou mayst look to it to see us again before thou diest. Therewith she held out her hand to him, and he took it and kissed it, and she went to her chamber aloft at the lower end of the hall. And when she was gone, once more he had a deeming of her that she was of the kindred of the gods. At her departure him seemed that the hall grew dull and small and smoky, and the night seemed long to him, and doubtful the coming of the day. End of chapter 6